Welcome to the Career Expresso podcast. I'm Amanda, career and leadership coach and founder of Ready to Rise. It's my mission to help women navigate the workplace with clarity and confidence so they can get the careers they truly deserve. In each episode, I'll be sharing actionable tools and strategies that will help you be more successful and tackle those tough workplace topics. Whether you're early on in your career, returning from a career break, or stepping into your first leadership role, I'm here to help you take control of your career. Quite simply, it's work and careers done your way in the same time it takes to drink your morning coffee. Let's jump right in and get to work on the career you know you deserve. Hello, and welcome back to Career Expresso. In this week's episode, I'll be taking a look at something which is an all too familiar issue for women at work, mansplaining. If you've ever been the recipient of the words, well, actually, swiftly followed by some condescending advice telling you everything you already knew about a subject and some, then odds are you've already stumbled across a mansplainer. I'll be covering how to spot mansplaining and share some tips from my training and mentoring work with female leaders to help you challenge it when you see it. The concept of mansplaining first gained popularity in Rebecca Solnit's essay, Men Explain Things to Me followed by the New York Times including it as one of their words of the year back in 2010. Let's be clear here before we jump in. If you ask a man to explain something to you and you disagree with what they've said or maybe you don't like their tone of the voice, that's not mansplaining. People are entitled to their opinion and just because you happen to disagree with them, it doesn't mean it qualifies as mansplaining. Also, Let's face it, sometimes people can just be plain rude. So a quick and dirty guide to spotting mansplaining in the wild goes a bit like this. One, if a woman asks you to explain something, it's not mansplaining. Two, if you're explaining a topic to a woman who has more expertise and knowledge on that particular topic than you, you'll probably be mansplaining. Three, if you're explaining a topic to a woman differently than you would that same topic to a man, you might be mansplaining. So examples of mansplaining in the workplace. It shows up in the workplace all the time and it can come in lots of different guises, from interruptions in meetings to claiming credit for women's ideas. Dr. Tasha Stanton, who's an Associate Professor of Clinical Pain Neuroscience at the University of South Australia, received a comment from a man, this is a true story, who told her to read what Stanton et al. found about pain. Only problem here is that she is Stanton. Other examples include offering a solution to a male manager who then parrots the idea in a meeting and claims it as their own. Or a male colleague who spent 45 minutes explaining Excel spreadsheets incorrectly. Or a male electrician who explained what a light bulb is. And before you ask, that last one is true. So what do you say when you see mansplaining or maybe it's directed at you? Ultimately, it's up to you. In your workplace, there are going to be times when you're walking quite a fine line between calling out behaviour and maintaining your professionalism. And never more so when the person doing the mansplaining happens to be more senior than you. Let's cover off some possible approaches and phrases you can use to call out mansplaining when you see it. So there are are different ways you can approach this. However, the best starting point to address mansplaining 
is through clear, crisp feedback. Try not to sugarcoat what you are about to say. As with any feedback, a few key points impact on the success of its delivery. So decide whether you want to do it one-to-one or publicly in the moment. Know your audience and adjust to what setting you think will encourage active listening. Also, cite specific behaviours. It could be a lack of listening, interrupting, claiming credit for someone else's ideas. There's usually something specific that's happened. Keep it from sounding personal. It's about the behaviours, not the person. Name the negative impact it's having. Don't be afraid to do this. Mansplaining fails to get the point across. It leads to a loss of respect and it can even result in retaliatory behaviour. Passive-aggressive cultures tend to be ones where mansplaining is alive and thriving. So here's some different approaches we can take. So we've thought about the feedback. So the first one is a firm but friendly approach. A short statement to let the man know that you hear him, but his mansplanation is not welcome. When someone controls the conversation or dismisses your expertise, it's easy to feel self-doubt. Never forget you belong in the room and your voice is valuable. Ways to redirect the conversation can include redirecting to another expert in the room. It could be their boss, maybe. Asking them to repeat so the whole room hears what they've just said or closing down the conversation. Here's some phrases to try. I hear you, Bob, but I have this one covered. Since the meeting is on a strict time limit, I will be addressing questions at the end of my presentation. That's a good point, Mike. On this occasion, I think I'll go with my own approach. So there's some things you could try. Next is the confrontation approach. So this one's quite direct. You're calling somebody out directly in the moment on the spot. Really, this needs no introduction. Here are some phrases that you might recognise or could use. You don't need to explain that to me. I'm very familiar with concepts X, Y and Z. Instead, I'd like your help with concepts A, B and C. That's a great idea, Martin. It's exactly the same one I shared with you yesterday. Taking the credit for somebody's idea. Good way to call that out. This is an interesting one. It depends on how you approach it. Some people love to throw humour in. A humorous approach. Call them out with your razor-sharp wit. I didn't know you knew so much about French literature, Mike. You should read my book about it if you'd like to learn more. Again, that could be a very specific one. I'm not sure I would take the humorous approach, but there might be those of you listening to this who think, yeah, that could work for me. If you witness mansplaining, always aim to be an upstander and try to intervene. Chances are it's not an isolated case that you're seeing. So try to support other women in your workplace at every chance you get. Some ways you can do that is by bringing their opinions into the mix, so actively doing that, backing up their expertise, supporting their suggestions with evidence, or showing gratitude for their ideas. Here are a couple of phrases you might want to try again. Interesting suggestion, but Jane is the subject matter expert here. So I'd like to bring her in on this one so she can share her thoughts. I believe Sarah noted this point yesterday. Could you repeat what you just said, Sarah, so we can all have the same understanding? And if you've found that you are the one 
doing the mansplaining. Try not to get defensive. Instead, take these four steps. One, actively listen to feedback with the goal of understanding. Two, take accountability. Three, try and apologise and acknowledge your behaviour. Four, ask for more feedback or explain how you'll do things differently in the future. Most of all, don't feel put down if you are on the receiving end of mansplaining. You've been hired into a level of responsibility because of your skills and capabilities. Often the best way to deal with mansplaining is to simply point out that you have an opinion and that your opinion counts. As ever, I'd like to leave you with this week's career coaching question, which has a dual perspective. It's about reflecting on repeating patterns so you can put a stop to them or realise that some of that repeating stuff you've got going on gives you the skills you need to deal with the situation. When your expertise or experience is called into question, it can be all too easy to let the situation get the better of you. This question's also a great one to use if your self-belief could do with a boost. This week, ask yourself, what have I done in a similar situation in the past? Reliving your past is a powerful way to do one of two things, either avoid repeating patterns that weren't so helpful or reinforce the skills you already have to deal with situations in the future. It helps you draw on that toolkit. I'd love to know how you get on with this one as ever. And if you're looking to keep your career development on track this year, don't forget to take a look at the 2024 Ready to Rise Career Planner. Each month, you'll get a new career development theme to help keep you focused on building the career you really want. I'll pop a link in the show notes. That's everything for today's episode. And thanks for listening to Career Expresso. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. It really helps the show to grow, not to mention giving feedback to make future episodes even more useful to you. And don't forget to share the show details with your friends and colleagues too. As ever, you can reach me on Instagram, LinkedIn, by email and at wearereadytorise.com. And if you want to take control of your career and you're not sure how to get started, why not subscribe to my weekly Work Your Way newsletter? It lands in your inbox every Thursday lunchtime and shares career and workplace tips that you can implement with ease. Find the sign-up link in the show notes. See you next week for another new episode of Career Expresso. Bye for now.